this episode. This needs a, a trigger warning, trigger warning in some yeah. ways, right? Because that level of the destruction of a species is, is quite out there, right? In China, 1958. One estimate is that two billion sparrows were killed across China within a few months. Insect infestations, uh, which ruined many crops. And then there was locust plagues and they imported millions of Russian sparrows over the next few years. It was tremendously successful, just incredibly misguided. Oh my God. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Yeah, it's great to be back, actually. It's, um, you know, four weeks in the USA was uh, a great experience. It's always good. To, it was my first trip out, of course, after COVID. So it was a little bit peculiar, you know, jumping on an aeroplane, spending all that time, you know, sort of shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people. So that was unusual, but it was, gr- it was great to be face to face with people and chatting with customers and, and uh, yeah, really getting a good sense of what's happening in the, in, at least in the cities that I went to in the US. Yeah, and that uh, was really good. You kind of uh, broke the ice for my trip because I'm heading over there for a month tomorrow. So I'll be in, in the US for most of May. And I've learned you've, there's some good lessons for me from your trip, like don't forget the Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> the most important things. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really struck me uh, as I you know, met people across the country was that there was a real feeling of buoyancy about business. There was a, you know, a strong sense that things were really coming back and lots of opportunities. But at the same time, there was a bunch of constraints. People were really uh, having problems with their supply lines. You know, they couldn't get ingredients and products to where they needed to get them. And, and at the same time, prices were going up. So they had all this, you know, sort of concern and, and well, you know, and, and, and probably totally you know, you can expect this, right? And that is having to go back to their customers and saying, hey, prices have gone up 20, 30%, right? This, is, this seems to be a common story across a whole range of industries in the, in the US at the moment. Um, in fact, I heard today that they think in America, there are about 100, more than 100,000 truck drivers short at the moment. 100,000 truck that's, drivers. That, that is a lot of stuff not getting delivered. It is, it is. And the, and what I sense too with some of these organisations, that there is a, I think when things are tough like that, is a very easy, uh, I guess, gut reaction, which is let's just stick to our knitting, let's hunker down, do the things we know we need to do and do them right. And just get through this. And just get through this. That's right. Because somewhere, you know, further down the track, it'll all get better. And all go back to normal. That's right. All be back to normal. I I don't think that's a great strategy. Uh, This is the time where you really have to double down on your communication, right? This is where you have to get people aligned. This is when you really need a consistent, you know, sort of message about everyone in the organization rowing in the same direction. Oh, well, if you can get that happening. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, so I think you sort of have to work a little against your intuition here. You know, your intuition is to hunker down, but in fact, this is the time to really think about, you know, sort of working out what that message is. And, and then you know, it's more, and it's more than just, I can't think, you can't think of it. I don't think it was a, like a marketing campaign. It's more of a, 
a change that you want to imbue through the organization, you know, just getting those stories told that reinforce that direction that you're, you're heading in because everyone's asking the question. Okay. So should we move on to the story? No, no, we should keep talking about this, Mark, because I can tell <laughs> that you're getting annoyed by the fact that I am talking too much. So um, I'm going to keep talking. So Okay. You just okay. keep going and let me know okay. when you're done. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know, just excited to be back. I mean, you know, I'm back in this wonderful country that we, that we live in. But I know that uh, you have a story for us today, Mark. So um, why don't you kick into that? And then we'll do the, the thing that we do. All right. So we'll share the story. The we'll talk about why it works, how to use it in business, and then we'll give it a rating. All right. So this, uh, uh, this uh, story is set in China in 1958. In fact, it's spring in China, 1958. And the Chinese government mobilized the entire nation, the entire population to exterminate sparrows. Oh, yeah. All right. That was a big issue, was it? Well, according to Mao, it was. So uh, Mao had declared that, that pests destroy crops. Sparrow was one of the four pests that he identified. Right. And he set the Chinese population to work. Like, it was, it was an incredible campaign that they ran to get... You know, like everyone killing sparrows. Oh, and if geez. you couldn't, if you didn't have a slingshot or a rifle or whatever, well, you stood out in the uh, under the trees at night and in the evenings when they're trying to land and you let off firecrackers and you bang drums and you blew whistles. And and the, the sparrows were falling dead from the sky from exhaustion because they couldn't land. So, oh my God. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and look, there's various estimates, but. One estimate is that 2 billion sparrows were killed across China within a few months. So 2 billion sparrows. Um, now, of course, there was no science underpinning this decision. Right. In fact, the, you know, the, the, science, the scientists uh, amongst themselves were going, oh, this isn't a good idea. But of course, no one would speak truth to Mao. You know, like there's, you just don't do that. And, uh, and get away with it. So he just did his own thing. So the, the, the sparrows are nearly extinct, extinct, uh, extinct in, uh, in China. Yeah. Um, there was a huge number of, of insect infestations, uh, which ruined many crops. And then there was locust plagues, uh, all of which contributed to the Great Famine which led to the deaths of millions of Chinese people over the next three years. And was that because the sparrows weren't eating those pests? Yes. So the sparrows, one of the things that they did is, you know, they ate locusts and right, insects right. and stuff, right? Of course. That's yeah. what they did. Um, and you take them out of, the, uh, out of the food chain and the insects are going, happy days, off we go. Wow. Now, this, you know, of course, this is not a unique thing in, uh, in, in uh, history, but um, the, uh, the, the Chinese then started... Um, importing uh, Russian sparrows and they imported millions of Russian sparrows over the next few years. And uh, yeah, so the decision to lead, uh, to exterminate the sparrows, I mean, like in, it led to an incredible nationwide response. Like that, like it's like they were fighting a war. They were yeah. literally going to war with the sparrows. 
every man, woman, and child was conscripted into the, the army to fight the sparrows, had a, was tremendously successful, just incredibly misguided. Oh, my God. Uh, and so the, the replacement population ended up being the Russian sparrows, wasn't the it? The Russian sparrows, yes. I wonder so, what, what mayhem a Russian sparrow then brought to <laughs> uh, to China after that. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, good one. Okay. So let's let's chat about what we liked about that story to start with. You know, the, the images that spring to my mind is when you were talking about them banging drums and lighting firecrackers off under the trees. For some reason, that was a strong image for me. Um, and, and I could sort of, you know, see that flock of, of sparrows just taking off. Um, and... I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, you talked about them dropping out of the sky, you know, dead through exhaustion. I mean, it's a pretty dramatic, you know, sort of image. Um, and, I mean, you probably could even amp that up. Yeah. You know? In fact, the, I've seen images of, of the ground, like, carpeted with dead sparrows. Yeah. You know, um, for some people, this trucks, is going to be, this is going to be confronting, of, right? Yeah. This story is going well, to be quite yes. confronting for, you know, you know, there'd be people who are listening to this podcast. It's almost like this needs a, a trigger warning, warning in some yeah. ways, right? Uh, because that level of, of, you know, destruction of a species is, is quite, um, uh, quite out there, right? Um, but so, so it would be interesting. I remember once telling a story about um, uh, mulesing of sheep. Do you know what mulesing mm -hmm. is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. right. so it's 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 not a great practice to watch, but my grandfather had to do it on his farm, and uh, and I remember telling I won't go into the details of it. And you can look it up if you like, but uh, uh, but you could tell half the audience that I was telling it just couldn't listen to this story, right? Yeah. So there was um, so uh, I remember there was an episode of World's Dirtiest Jobs, right? Where they did they um, do mulesing? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a so so you know there's so that's something to uh, it's not it's obviously not we now jump into you know some yeah of let's things. not talk about mulesing anymore <laughs> no no but it sort of just reminded me you know there are some stories that you know you probably want to test that story out on different groups to sort of see how it lands or maybe here's a here's a situation where you don't want to be too graphic or too um, explicit in the story you know people can imagine enough themselves so. Um, that's just a thought. Yeah, I think so. Mm, go ahead. So one of the things that I like about that story is that it's short. Like it's short. It's crisp. Um, yeah. That you I don't like need many details. Like yeah. 1958. Yes. And then I guess the other detail is two billion sparrows, and then the the, the millions of of, um, of uh, people who starved in the Great Famine. Yeah, and and Mao. Right, it's got a mm. personality in it that we we know, so that that is a, a big part of that story. It wouldn't yeah. kind of make sense without sort of a, a dictatorial character like that. Yeah, right? who could make yeah. something like that happen? Um, so you're right. Yeah, it has those. It's a it's a compact story, um, and 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 I and I sort of prompted you in the story to really make that stronger connection between. The sparrows disappearing and the famine happening because i think that's essentially the core element of that story isn't it it's like a cause yeah. and effect right yep yep um i was getting there with that 
Um, right, I was, I was, I was, I was rushing to. Yeah, no, but then, but it, I mean, you, you know, you, you know, of course, our, our, our brains are prediction machines, and you were going, ha! Ah, yeah, right. Ah, give me, yeah. give me the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, that, I mean, I love a history story, so that to me is 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 good. And I think it's a, it's something that not many people would know about, right? So I think that yeah. makes it. In fact, I, I didn't know about it till uh, three or four days ago when. Uh, Jaya Mache in uh, in Singapore, one of our our, our partner in Singapore, uh, uh, sent that uh, that story through. So that was oh uh, yeah right yeah very very good. And I mean there was a plethora of uh, material on the web about it. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, yeah it was it's one of those things you open the door and then you know to to that story and there's a whole bunch of information. I tried to not incorporate too much of the uh, the other information that I'd found uh, yeah. in the in, yeah. in the pursuit of brevity. Yep, I think that's the important thing to do. Uh, what we would do to make this story even better? Any thoughts now that you've you've given a telling and and uh, you've got a oh, sense I think, and feel I, of it? I think, as, as you say, just making making the causal relationship to the uh, to the starvation from uh, from the Great Famine uh, make that uh, really strongly. That's a that's a key link. The story kind of has has a lot less impact without that. You know. On the famine side, uh, so a friend of mine, Darren Woolley, his wife, Tao Sher, um, parents sort of lived through that period. And uh, she was saying that her grandfather would tell stories how they would chip off the bark on the trees and were eating the bark. You know, that's how, that was one of the ways in which they survived that famine. I guess my point is, it's that whole thing about, you know, big numbers give one feeling, but if you can zoom into a story of a particular person, maybe that could even uh, mm, bring it to yeah. life a little bit more, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you could just, you know, conjure, call up some imagery of like a specific thing that happened, like the eating the bark. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's how bad the Great Famine uh, was. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. To, it's really hard to imagine, isn't it? Um, cool. What about? So, yeah, well, go ahead. I was just going to say I was going to move us on to the. Uh, how would you use this story in a business? Yeah, me too. Setting. That's what I was about to do. So that's ah, good. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, one of the big points is around unintended consequences, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you've got a system that's complex, lots of interacting components, very dynamic. You can't just pull a. A component out and just expect that you know what's going to happen um, yeah yeah so sort of that the, the messing with complex systems yeah yeah exactly so it goes back to you know it's almost like how, what maybe you needed to run some experiments it wouldn't know exactly what's going to happen but maybe let's say one small region you know they knock out the sparrows and but you, even that's not going to help. That's not going to help. Because each landscape is going to be different. Yeah. They might just ha happen to jag a landscape that doesn't really have uh, infestation of, of pests. And they think, oh, well, hey, we're, we're great. And yeah. off they go. You know. So. I guess the, the, the point, though, is you need some science. These, these decisions need careful scientific consideration. You can't just pluck them out of thin air and go, oh, let's do this. This sounds like a good idea. Let's burn coal for the rest of the, the rest of the century. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, you know Australia has its own version of it with the cane toad, right? Mm, absolutely. And, and the cane toad, 
you know, they made that decision based on successes in South America. So, you know, Peru went really well. And so, you know, they thought they had some case studies. But of course, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? Australia's different to those countries. Yeah. Yep. And the cane toads loved it. Yeah, loved Australia, loved um, all the the living conditions and became mm-hmm. an absolute pest. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, an- another application of, of that is as a cautionary tale. Right. Yeah. Okay. That might sound like a good idea, but let me tell you what sounded like a good idea in 1958. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So maybe we need to do some testing first. So uh, a cautionary tale. In fact, the context in which it was used in the, 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 the article that Jaya sent us was um, as a cautionary tale for um, uh, the, the current uh, Chinese chairman's uh, decision to achieve COVID zero, ignoring the scientific advice um, and, 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 lo- and pushing down forward. millions of people and pushing forward with COVID zero. Uh, uh, you know, the, and the prediction is that he's doing this so that he can claim some some sort of success uh, uh, in the fight against COVID uh, later in the year, you know, from right. a political perspective. And so uh, it, it was actually used as a cautionary tale in that mm. in that context. Is yeah. this is this history repeating itself? Yeah. You know, the head man making unilateral decisions, ignoring the science, the people who know best uh, aren't speaking up because they're, Again, you know, yeah, they, less power. No, they have no, uh, they have no uh, ear. Um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, for me, that's a, a good cautionary tale. Another one is, uh, you know, like so many people ignore the data, like that yeah. make decisions ignoring the data, and uh, again, you could go. Well, look, we could do that, but this is what happens when you ignore science. Yes, that's right. Yeah. No, I think they're good points. And they're probably the probably the two main ones, you know, the unintended consequences and mm. the cautionary tale of, of not ignoring the data. I th- um, I just on the unintended consequences, I think it's yeah. worth uh, reminding people of that, uh, that fabulous example of the opposite happening with the wolves of uh, Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that was, we'll have to point to that episode. But yeah, I mean, the gist of that little story was that, you know, they had wolves that were causing mayhem amongst the cattle ranches in Montana, I think it was. And so they ended up exterminating the wolves from Yellowstone. Yeah. In Yellowstone. And then essentially what happened, all sorts of other, uh, poor land management practices started to happen. The, the elk started to move in and, and trample the, uh, you know, the vegetation to practically nothing. And, and, and it just started to degrade. It was, a, they were talking about the, these wolves being like capstone species that seem to hold things into place. And then lovely, yeah, and then when lovely they turnaround. Right. Yeah, yeah. They reintroduced them and it all sort of, a lot of it came back again, which is pretty yeah, amazing. Is, it is. Uh, it's a, it's just a, a fabulous example. Mm, yeah. Um, so anyway, that I think it's a good story to have in your back pocket. Uh, you know, mm. the, the sparrow story. Yeah, and and I, I actually I quite like it because it's such an easy one to pull out. Like it's yeah. it's short, it's clear, it has very clear consequences. Uh, in in that it led to locust infestations and uh, locust plagues contributed to the great famine tens of millions of people died mm. 
maybe we should have thought differently about that one. I wonder if, uh, you know, like a rhetorical question at the beginning of that story would be a good way to get into it, you know, you know, to say to people, have you ever heard about the war on sparrows in China in the 1950s? You know, people sort of go, huh, what? War on sparrows? What do you mean? What is that? Um, I, I, you know, just sort of sort of just getting them ticking over in their brain. Like, what does this mean? And then as you unfold the story, a whole bunch of penny drops. Oh, actually, yeah, I, I like it. I like it because, of course, the mystery story is a fabulous way to get to get people uh, mm. kind of leaning forward into your story and just saying something like, now, can you imagine how one decision by one man could contribute to tens of millions of people dying? And and you probably... That's great. That's a great question, right? Yeah. And, and, and you probably could in a, you know, like in some sort of military sense. And... But what if it was the you know it was a decision about sparrows? Yeah, I like that. Uh, so that sort of creates the curiosity. Yeah. Um, so most definitely. Now we need to get to a a, a scoring of this. Ah, oh, a rating. Yes, let's yep. do that. So. I'm, I'm thinking for me, um, just given uh, the ease of telling this story and, and maybe the, you know, where I can put it to, into practice, I suppose. So I'm going to give it an eight. And it's a strong eight for me. It's a, it's a nice, simple story. I, you know, I, like, I think I like animal stories. So this, is, this would be a good one. Mm. But I, I, there's a proviso around, is it going to turn certain people off? Like, I don't think I'd be doing it at the RSPCA or or anything like that. What mm, about you? And that's an interesting one. Well, look, I'm giving it an eight as well. I think it's a strong eight. Um, I really like it. Simple, easy to tell. Um, and it's the sort of thing that you could tell at a dinner table as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just probably around dessert time, though, rather than entrees. Yeah. In a social environment, let's say. Yeah. Um, not necessarily yeah. around the dinner table. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the, the, the sparrow thing is, you know, whilst it's, not great it's not horrific you know it's not um blood and guts um it's so maybe you could get away with with uh with with the the kind of the imagery that's that's conjured up by that but nonetheless we laid a trigger warning at the at the start of the episode mm. yeah good idea hey um uh i guess uh, is there anything that we need to share with with our listeners before we uh, finish things off here. I mean, I know that we're um, certainly doing these, these visits to the US at the moment. And I, if anyone would like to catch up with us, because Mark's going essentially this week in June, I'm um, sorry, not in June, what, in the next in couple May. of days, in April. Yeah, late, late, late April. Late April. Uh, I'll be over there in June. Um, so, yeah, give us a yell. Get in contact. Um, we like to listen, uh, meet our listeners and, and, and hear some of their stories. And I tell you what, if you've got any good animal-related stories, uh, you know, send them <laughs> our way. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to be in West Coast uh, in the first week of, of, uh, of May and then Chicago, um, East Coast, New York, Philly. I'm popping up to Minneapolis. And I'll also be in Orlando towards the end of May. So that's kind of my itinerary. So if any of those places are, uh, uh, if you're there, reach out and let me know. Love Sounds to like up. a busy trip. 
<laughs> okay, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week for your next episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.